0: Hey, it's great to see you this morning. If I've not met you before, I'm Phil, I lead the team here, and it's, um, it's always a privilege to be able to come and open God's Word uh, together. And um, last week, who was here last week? Quite, quite, quite a few of you were here last week. So last week, uh, I spoke to us about listening, about hearing from God. And uh, I've been away for a few weeks, and one of the things that, as, as I listened while I was away, had a bit of holiday, one of the things that I felt God saying uh, was that God wanted to speak To us, to all of us, and I I just felt to encourage us as a church uh, with that. You know, our God is a God who speaks, and He wants to speak to us. And actually, one of the most remarkable things about being in this in this church, I've been here for haven't been here for as long as Leanne. uh, She, but I've been here for about six years now, and it's amazing the way that God has spoken to us. As a church, not just me or not just people on the team or you know, Philippa or people that are ordained, but all of us, we get to listen to God together. And I felt that God just wanted to encourage us uh, at this time that he wants to speak to each one of us. And so last week I, uh, I spoke out of uh, Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 3, the call of Samuel, a very kind of famous passage where uh, Samuel goes and lies down in the presence of God, creates space to listen, and he says, speak, Lord, I am listening and i guess that was it. i guess it was something i guess i was just preaching it's something that i felt god put on my heart and today uh, what i'd love to do uh, is to teach uh, a little bit more into that uh, and for us to think uh, about the whole area of prophecy uh, i don't did, i don't know if you heard the one about the, the prophecy class that got canceled due to unforeseen circumstances uh, yeah i'm not going to tell any more jokes today no? <clears> though <throat> But that's not really what we're talking about when we talk about, uh, about prophecy. And um, uh, <coughs> I'm going I'm to jump into 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And in fact, we're going to jump through a whole load <coughs> excuse me, of scriptures. <coughs> Is there any chance of grabbing a quick glass of water, thanks? Um, I should have seen that one come in. Um, that was kind of a joke. Wasn't no okay. I was going to start. Okay, so we're going to be in one Corinthians chapter fourteen, and um, and uh, and actually, this is an amazing chapter of scripture. The whole the whole chapter of scripture about. Uh, the spiritual gift of prophecy, uh, about kind of what it is, about what it's for, about how we use it, about the order, about how we order it in, in, a, in, a, in a public setting, how, how we use it together as a church, uh, a whole chapter uh, on prophecy. And I'm just going to use the first uh, few verses just to, thank you, just to kind, of get us, uh, to kind of get us going, to give us a bit of a launch pad. Uh, and then actually we're going to jump through a whole load of different scriptures today as we think uh, a little bit about this gift. So let's get us going. So 1 Corinthians chapter 14. uh, So just the first four verses. So Paul writes to the church in Corinth and he says this. He says, follow the way of love, eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. So I'm not going to speak about tongues today, uh, other than uh, to say that Paul, Paul loves tongues as well, the gift of tongues. I'm not, I'm not going to go into that. But what he's saying uh, is, uh, uh, is that prophecy is better. Is it? We, should, we, should, we need to eagerly desire the gift of prophecy, uh, and actually, it's interesting when we look in the, the original language, in the Greek word that uh, Paul uses here uh, for e- to eagerly desire, uh, it's the, the, the Greek word uh, zelo, which is often translated as jealousy or to cover. You know, that's that's the the sense that, that Paul's getting across here. That actually, when he says to e- we're to eagerly desire the gift of prophecy, saying there's, there should be like a yearning within us that we, we, we want it, we really want it. This is what Paul's encouraging us with when it comes to prophecy. He's saying, come on, eagerly desire to prophesy. And, uh, and if you're going to take notes today, that's what I decided I just wanted to call this talk. Be eager to prophesy. Be eager to prophesy uh you know if you just write one thing down write that down be eager to prophesy because that really sums up Paul's attitude towards this uh this amazing gift that the spirit has on offer for all of us so right up front you might be thinking the minute I started talking about prophecy or spiritual gifts you might just be oh my gosh this is uh, the red flags you know this is a bit this is a bit nuts I'm not sure what I think about all this kind of stuff um but I guess I want us just to talk about this plainly because I think this is something amazing that God has on offer for us today. And not everyone believes that, but I believe and I believe that we as a church have seen that this is something that God has for us today. And to kind of demystify it a little bit, I mean, I don't know if you've, if you've had that experience where maybe someone in your, in, your, in your dock or in your small group or someone you meet up with, go for a walk with, maybe you're just chatting, you're having a coffee, and, and you just get a sense when you're chatting that there's something that you should say to them. And in the, the conversation, you then you say this thing and then they turn around and say, wow, you know, that was, a, that was exactly what I needed to hear. Thank you. I don't know if you've had that experience. I'm sure, I'm sure many of you have had that experience because that is what life in the kingdom of God is like. As we journey together, as we strengthen and encourage and comfort one another and just speak out the things that we feel we should say to those that we're with. And and in in essence, in its most simplest, that, that is what the scripture talks about as prophecy today. There's a great definition, uh, before we get into it, uh, of prophecy, uh, kind of a paragraph that was uh, from a book called Moving in the Prophetic by a guy called Greg uh, Haslam, which you, you may have come across. He's an amazing preacher. He used to preach in uh, Westminster Chapel, not far, just down the road. I, I've heard him a few times. He sadly passed away last, uh, last year, but amazing preacher, teacher. And uh, and he's got this incredible book uh, called Moving in the Prophetic. I really recommend it to you all. Uh, And he, he says this. He says, prophecy is a phenomenon that results directly from the access the Holy Spirit has to our minds, whereby he can create pictures in our imaginations and supernatural dreams while we are asleep. He can put words and ideas or scriptures into our heads with such force that there is something weighty and unforgettable going on, something that carries with it the responsibility to pass on and relay what the Holy Spirit has communicated. So it's just a really good summary uh, of what I believe, what we believe prophecy is today, what it is for us. So we're going to dig into that. I just want to pray we're going to dig into that. Today. So, Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you that you are a good Father. On this Father's Day, we thank you that we come to you as the good Father who has good gifts for your children. Uh, and, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would be with us, meet with us, that you would strengthen and encourage and comfort us today. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Amen. Amen, amen. Okay, so before we get into kind of the how uh, and the why uh, of prophecy, I want to kind of go a little bit deeper into, uh, into kind of what it is and where it comes from and look at something of the, the sort of the, the narrative arc in Scripture that we see about prophecy, the story of, of prophecy, uh, which hopefully kind of addresses some of the what and the why for us now today. And so we're going to jump through a whole load of scriptures. Feel free to jot these down uh, and then go away and look at them again uh, later. But we're going to begin uh, in uh, the best place to begin, is Genesis chapter 1. So if you want to turn to the start of your Bible, scroll it uh, down to Genesis 1.1, um, and uh, this is what we read. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God. So the spirit is this old kind of Hebrew Aramaic word, ruach, which means breath. So it's like the breath, the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light and God saw that it was good. And then jumping down to verse 6, and God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. Verse 9, and God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. Verse 11, and God said, verse 14, and God said. And the creation story in Genesis goes on and on. And in verse 26, we read that God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our Likeness, And so we see here right at the beginning uh, in this first creation story in Genesis that the world was birthed from the mouth of God. Our God is a God who creates and a God who speaks. And he's a God who's made us to be like him. And in fact, God speaks in many ways. And one of the ways that God speaks is, is through the people that he has made. And that is what we call prophecy. Okay, so fast forward. We're going to fast forward. Genesis, creation of the world. We're going to fast forward now uh, into God's story of how he relates to his people. We're going to jump into the story of Moses. Uh, we're in Numbers 11. So Numbers 11. So Moses, um, Moses was essentially the, the first prophet, essentially the first great prophet who heard God's voice and communicated what God uh, was saying and Moses met with God in very specific ways in very particular places. He heard the audible voice of God uh, surrounded by incredible supernatural signs and, uh, and in one of those occasions God, uh, Moses had been with God in, in, this, in the holy place uh, and in Numbers 11 uh, starting on verse 24 uh, we read this. So Moses went out and he told the people what the Lord had said and he brought together 70 of the elders and had them stand around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and he spoke with him and he took some of the power of the spirit. So again, that's the same word there, the power of the spirit, which is the ruach of God that was on him and he put it on the 70 elders. Now when the spirit rested on them, they prophesied but they did not do so again. However, two men whose names were Eldad and Medad had remained in the camp and they were listed among the elders, but they did not go out to the tent. Yet the spirit rested on them also and they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And then Joshua, the son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and he said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them all. So this is not a well-known piece of scripture, but an amazing story. And, and what we have here is essentially Moses, the first great prophet, uh, the first writer of scripture who is essentially dreaming, praying that all god 's people would prophesy not just not just him, but that all the people would hear from God and speak out his Word OK, fast forward again. we're uh, going to Joel. you'll remember this one. We, we looked at it last week and the week before. So Joel, chapter two, another prophet, uh, uh, and we 're into the kind of the story now of, of just God 's up and down relationship with his people that we read throughout the Old Testament, and, uh, and God sent his prophets to speak words to his people. Uh, And Joel was an amazing prophet and he sees something coming. So uh, Joel uh, chapter two, verse 28, pick it up. And he says this, Joel says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth below. So Joel sees something different coming, and he speaks out of a time when all people will prophesy, not just, not just the prophets, not just the priests, not even just Jews, but all people might prophesy, all men and women, old and young. And this is going to happen in this new age, that is coming this new time of the spirit that is coming somewhere in the future okay we're nearly there one more so one more one more in the old testament uh jeremiah so jeremiah another great prophet that we read from in the old testament so jeremiah 31 um and uh, if, if it is if anyone's actually using a paper bible uh this is we're going a little bit left yeah so we're going a little bit left yeah thank you brilliant if not scroll just look it up jeremiah Jeremiah 31, uh, we're going to start there, 31, 31. And again, a similar kind, of, similar kind of vein. So Jeremiah hears God and he says, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with my people, the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. And it will not be like a covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and I led them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say one to the other, know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares The Lord, for I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. So, the key verse here, verse 33, so Jeremiah 31, 33, uh, where he says, I will put my law. Well, that's the word Torah. So, this is God's scripture. Effectively, you can think of that as what I want to say. God is saying, I will put what I want to say, my Torah, where? Into their minds, and I'll write it on their hearts. So, effectively, we see here that a time is is coming, a new age of the Spirit of God is coming that's gonna be different. You know, rather than God speaking to a specific few in a very specific way, often in specific places, and actually, often in the Old Testament, we read about the audible voice of God being heard in people's ears so that a prophet might come and say the Lord declares or they'll start God has said well it's it's going to be different uh, and instead of that sense of audible voice uh, in the new age God would speak to all of us and he would do that through a, a direct deposit into our minds and into our hearts you know, perhaps into our thoughts, into our feelings. This is the way that God is going to speak. Okay, so we're ready for the New Testament. So into the New Testament. Now, are you with me? You're tracking with me. Is this helpful? Good. Okay, so into the New Testament. Acts 2. We were definitely here last week, and we were here the week before. Philippa spoke to us uh, on Pentecost. So Acts uh, chapter 2. Uh, and things suddenly begin to radically shift, don't they? Acts chapter 2, that day of Pentecost. And we read this going from verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly the sound of a blowing uh, wind violently came from heaven, filling the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire separated and resting on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one of them had heard in their own language. So it's Pentecost, it's kicking off, it's all going crazy. Uh, The disciples get filled with the Spirit. They rush into the streets. They begin speaking and praying, praising God. And people think, what is going on? Are these guys drunk? Like, What is this crazy scene that is happening? And then in the midst of all of this, Peter gets up. So verse 14, Peter stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice and he addressed the crowd and he said, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I have to say. These people are not drunk as you suppose it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet. Joel, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams, even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will what? And they will prophesy. And they will prophesy. So Peter is saying, this is it. This is what we've been waiting for. This is it. Jesus has come. He has walked on this earth. He's died. He's risen again. His spirit has been released on that first Pentecost. The church is born. Everything has changed. A new age of the spirit has begun. We live now in a new world. And this new world is a world of visions and dreams and prophecy. Or to use the language from last week when we were thinking about Samuel, which begins by saying, In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. And it's not those days anymore. That was those days. But we're now living in new days days of the spirit one more can we do one more so one more so this is still in Acts 2 so this is this is good stuff so now we're seeing the spirit has come prophecy has broken out so how does the early church begin to use this begin to wrestle with this so Acts chapter 21 Acts chapter 21 uh, we're going to go from verse 8 so Acts 21 starting from verse 8 so leaving the next day we reached Caesarea and we stayed at the house of Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. So who knows they weren't called prophets, but they were just people who prophesied. Now, after we'd been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And coming over to us, he took Paul's belt and he tied his own hands and feet with it. And he said, the Holy Spirit says, in this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. And so when we heard this, we and the people pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. But then Paul answered, well, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus and when he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and we said, well, the Lord's will be done. So there's a great little episode here of seeing how prophecy began to be used uh, in the early church. And um, we see again first that prophecy here in the new age of the spirit was, was, was actually similar, but it was different. To the way it operated, when we read in the Old Testament, you know, this wasn't the audible voice of God coming to Moses on the mountain in fire and smoke, but instead it was a, a picture, it was an impression that was put into someone's heart, into their mind. So immediately we recognise, okay, well this is this is more subjective. This is different. This is more subjective, and we see that there are three parts. To prophecy today. Okay, there's there's revelation, so you get something, you get something. There's interpretation, so then you you, will you have to work out what does this mean. And then there's application. So what am I gonna do with this? (laughs) Revelation, interpretation, and, and application. And actually, you know, we know this is exactly the same kind of pattern that we have to go through when we engage with scripture, when we hear God through scripture. Revelation, interpretation, an application and actually the revelation bit is is the easy bit we kind of open it we see you know we we, we receive something but actually it can get a little bit weird and difficult if we then interpret wrong or um, apply it wrong and we recognize well actually so there's a fallibility to the way that we hear God today And we need to pay attention to the revelation, but also the interpretation and the application. And we see that here in this story as Agabus comes and gives this amazing sort of prophetic picture, sort of enacts this picture, uh, and and then interprets it and says, well, look, this is is what's going to happen. Paul's going to get bound. He's going to get handed over. Uh, And so the response then is everyone goes, well, this is a warning sign. Don't go to Jerusalem, Paul. Be careful. And Paul has a different interpretation, doesn't he? And instead, he takes it as an encouragement. Well, this is what what God is calling me to do. And so we see straight away in the early church the way that prophecy, hearing the voice of God, is something that we wrestle with together as a church, as a people. There's a fallibility to it which requires a humility in us. Uh, and and a need to wrestle with this stuff together. But what's amazing is that God speaks, that God chooses to speak in amazing ways. Uh, And of course, we could then continue going through Scripture from here on and see all the ways in Scripture, and then throughout church history and today, how God continues to speak, and the church wrestles with that. And that is prophecy today. That is what Paul says you are to eagerly desire. Why? Because it's been put there for your strengthening, for your encouragement, for your comfort. We're back into 1 Corinthians 14 now. Eagerly desire the gift of prophecy. Because that's the way we find strength and encouragement and comfort. And it's something we work together as a community. Well, I, I, hope, I hope that's helpful and just helps to, just to give us a little bit of a story to kind of where we are today and why it's an important thing for us uh, to engage with. Um, I, I, I haven't got loads of time, but I want to really quickly just kind of touch a bit on the, on the how, kind of practically Uh, and actually but this is something for us to go on exploring and thinking about uh, in in our docs in our small groups on a Sunday uh, to be attentive because the first thing that we need to do when we think about how do I begin to prophesy how do I begin to hear and speak the word that God is saying is to simply create space and listen and this was my point from last week wasn't it it's as simple as that. 1 Samuel 3, we hear the call of Samuel. It's amazing. Samuel is just a boy. He's not mature. He's not attained anything. You know, there's no qualification that means that he gets to hear and other people don't. He's just a boy. But Eli says, go, lie down, be in the presence of God and say, speak, Lord, I'm listening. And that's an amazing model for us. We, the, how do you prophesy? Number one, create space And listen. God, is there anything you want to say to me or through me? Step number one. Step number two, see what comes to mind. What comes to mind? And if we're not talking about the audible voice, you know, that's not to say that we can't hear an audible voice of God today, but if we're not saying that is how God speaks all the time now, well, how does he speak? Well, here's some ideas. So, you know, perhaps he speaks through a scripture. You know, and actually this is the primary way. And I want to say this in the context of thinking about prophecy, the primary way that God speaks to us today is still through his scripture. And actually sometimes that, that kind of gets mingled in with us thinking prophetically. You know, you may be praying for someone and, and think, oh, you know, the scripture, a verse just comes to mind You know, we can give that to someone and it encourages them or it brings them comfort. You know, perhaps it's an aid for us as we pray for them. You know, I often find that as I, uh, I read scripture in the morning and then as I'm meeting with someone later that day, I'll often find that actually the piece of scripture that I've been reading in the morning is in my mind. And, and, and actually it becomes useful for strengthening and encouraging and comfort in that moment as then I speak to someone later in the day. It's one of the reasons why it's so important for us to spend time in the scriptures. You know, and of course, anything we prophesy will never be contrary to scripture. So primarily a scripture might come uh, to mind. Uh, Philippa shared uh, just as we we're praying just now that before this service you know as we spent time as a, as a team and all of us that are, are helping make today happen uh, this morning. Uh, uh, Joe, Jo who's leading us in worship you know she had a sense of a scripture as she was walking here this morning at Romans 8. Peace that actually sometimes when we think about the Spirit, when we think about the way God speaks to us, we can be afraid. But actually, the Spirit is a spirit of fatherhood. That sense of Abba, you're my child, I've got good gifts for you. You know, it's amazing that Romans 8 passage, and it fits exactly with what we're talking about. It's a scripture that God has given us. So maybe you're speaking a scripture, maybe it'll be a word, a word. Uh, You know, maybe you're praying for something, you get the word stop or, or courage or bold that's one that's come up a lot in this church you know maybe it's a phrase Uh, one of the things that I've been really encouraged with this week as I've been thinking about this message is I've gone back and I've looked over a whole load of the different prophecies and words that have been given to me over the last few years and I brought I brought up big dirty prophecy board up and I thought I was going to put it up here but it's just like really imposing so I've laid it down here but basically this board here this is something as a a kind of a wider leadership team at the beginning of each year we spend some time praying together and listening to God together (laughs) and for some reason I think in 2017 it got this big old bit of Board out and just started writing on it and actually we've used this each year as we pray as a leadership team and actually it's amazing to look through some of the scriptures and the words and the pictures that have been drawn on here especially as you kind of look back with hindsight now you think oh yeah God that's what you said and that's what we've seen yeah, it's amazing. I encourage you to just come, you know, have a little look later if you want to. But for me, this is just such an amazing visual representation of some of the ways that God has spoken to us. Um, there were, uh, I was again looking back. There was some of the amazing sort of words and phrases. Um, one of the things that many of you all know is I've just been asked by the bishop to be the area dean of Tower Hamlets, which I'm really excited about. Opportunity for us to, as a church, really continue having an uh, an impact beyond the boundaries of our uh, our, our little church here and uh, to kind of draw together with other leaders across the area and I was looking back in my words uh, that I've people have given me and I write them down and someone gave me this word about being a man the man, man of the patch and being confident in this area that you've been placed I find that so encouraging I found it encouraging at the time I find it really encouraging now looking back someone else gave us a word that said actually there's about the mandate here uh, on this church and on on me to be able to look wider than what we've got right in front of us and they and, and the word was your vision can never be just as big as one single church and again, that was encouraging at the time and it's really encouraging now as I look back and think about some of the opportunities that God is opening up for me and for us as a church here. You know, But God gives us words and pictures, phrases. Uh, I mean, we haven't got time for me to go through lots of the, the pictures. I'd love to share some with you and you can, uh, you can ask me afterwards. But I know lots of us will have our own stories of, of words and pictures of encouragement and comfort that have been given to us. Yeah, sometimes it's maybe just a gut feeling. Sometimes we just get a sense in our bones about something and we share that with someone. Sometimes actually in our bodies we might feel something and that's a way that God speaks to us. A guy called Alan Scott Uh, Some of you may know him, the amazing uh, pastor of Vineyard Church in Northern Ireland. They've seen incredible healings happen in church. I was at a festival a couple of weeks ago and he was sharing from the stage and felt God give him some sort of pains in his body uh, that... He, was, he shared about and people responded and saw healing in those areas. Amazing ways that God can speak to us, not just in our minds, but actually in our feelings, the way that we feel. We need to be open to that. And of course, dreams and visions. I, I've never really been spoken to by God much in dreams, but I've got an amazing wife uh, called Charlotte, <laughs> who many of you will know, and God speaks to her and God has spoken to her incredibly in dreams. And some of you We'll know our story with Adelaide, our nine-year-old daughter, and she, uh, when we were pregnant. Um, there were, we were really challenging times and actually she, we were told she had a, a condition, a, a form of dwarfism uh, that meant she wasn't going to grow and, um, and actually she would, she would not be born alive. Uh, and we were told to terminate the pregnancy. And... And what was remarkable, so the day before, I don't think I've ever shared this, this here, and I've shared about that story, um, but the day before we went to our first scan, where we were, where we were told about this fatal condition for our unborn child, uh, the, day before, the night before, Charlotte had a dream. And in uh, this dream, uh, she dreamt that we had to pray for our baby's arms and legs to grow. I mean, so we had to pray for her arms and legs to grow. So then so we go to the we go to this appointment, and the doctor, you get the scan, and she basically said, she says, "Well, you know, your um, the baby's not growing properly. Her bones aren't growing properly, and her arms and legs aren't growing." Um, and Charlotte's like, "Okay, sure." Yeah. <laughs> and and I remember this appointment so clearly because the doctor, she was the head of fetal medicine, and we were at Chelsea and Westminster at the time, and she said to us, she's like. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? And Charlotte's like, she <laughs> didn't say it, but she's like, yeah, I already knew. You know, I know this. And it's, it's amazing. And Charlotte and I were just chatting about this this morning and it's such an encouragement. And I think, wow, this is the way that God prepared us for that. Really. And, it was, and we had then had such a difficult time. And Some of you will know the story and I'd love to, t- love to tell you if you don't, come and grab me afterwards. But we had such a challenging time, but God prepared us this incredible dream for our, our strengthening, for our encouragement, for our comfort. You know, that is why God speaks to us. And that's some of the ways that God speaks to us. So really quickly, let me finish uh, with this. Um, we know that prophecy is for, again, our strengthening, our encouragement and our comfort. But it starts with love. It's always from a place of love. So 1 Corinthians 14, it begins we follow the way of love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. Uh, and it's no coincidence that 1 Corinthians 14 follows 1 Corinthians 13, you know, which any of you who've ever been to a wedding have probably heard read, <laughs> you know, this amazing chapter about love. You know, and we never prophesy, we never share with anyone out of anger or out of uh, desperate fear, uh, but we share out of love. That's the motivation for this stuff as God speaks to and through us. It's about his love. Prophecy is never discouraging or, 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 or gives you guilt and shame. You know, even, even words that might seem challenging, they should never be discouraging or, or bring you guilt and shame. You know, that's the enemy's tactics. You know, the enemy tears us down, but the Spirit of God builds us up. And always comes to encourage, strengthen, and uh, in comfort. And comfort. I said I was going to finish with that, but I'm going to finish with this. It's one more thing. I mean, this. I hope, I hope this is helpful. I wanted to kind of just unpick some of this stuff again in in a practical way for us to be able to take away. And of course. Uh, the one thing I haven't really talked about is is that sense of interpretation uh, testing things that we need to do together and uh, and you can read through uh, 1 Corinthians 14 there's lots of amazing stuff there about order and how we do this stuff together but Paul really sums up uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, 20, 21 uh, what he means by this and he says do not quench the spirit do not treat prophecies with contempt so this is important stuff but test them all. Test them all. You know, just, don't just swallow everything on face value. Test them all. Hold on to what is good, but reject all kinds of evils. Yeah, we, we might say today, you know, eat the meat, spit out the bones. You know, take what's being given to you. Test it. Weigh it. How do we do that? Well, does it, does it contradict scripture? You know, does it strengthen, encourage, and comfort me? You know, does it confirm what God is already saying to me? You know, often prophecy today uh, is less about foretelling something uh, and more about confirming things that God is already saying to us. And you know, it's about strengthening and encouraging and comforting us now. You know, and even when words of prophecy may be about something that is coming in the future, actually often they will be about, or oh, how does this, how, how do I get equipped now how am I going to live now because of what God says is coming? Why don't, why don't we stand? I want to encourage you today. I want the band come back. We're going to worship. I've taught a bit longer today. We're going to share communion in a moment.